Hello, and welcome to Next Generation Behavioral Health. 10-minute tips for modernizing patient care. I'm Dr. Christina Armstrong. And I'm Dr. Julie Kidd. Today, we're joined by Colonel Deidre Tehan, who has helped the military health system implement technology in several innovative ways. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to hear about the work you're doing. Well, thank you. Could you tell us about your current work with RARE? Right now, I'm the commander of the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research, and we really are responsible for protecting the most important six microns to six inches on the battlefield. What I mean by that is that we protect our soldiers from the diseases of the countries in which the army and the military send them from infectious diseases like malaria or dengue, and that's the six microns. And then the brain health research is the six inches. General Brown always says the most important six inches on the battlefield are the six inches between our ears. At Rare, we have that amazing opportunity to protect the six microns to six inches. Oh, that's fantastic. Colonel Tahan, I was so impressed by the passion and dedication you have for championing the excellent health and medical readiness in our nation's war fighters, not just on Schofield Barracks, but all across the military health system. Can you tell a little about the important work you've been doing to improve the health and readiness in our service members? Well, thank you. Yes. So before I went to Schofield Barracks, I had the amazing opportunity working for the CERN General. And with the CERN General, we unrolled multiple programs to focus on the holistic health needs of our community, not just the soldiers, but their family members and our retirees. As part of that, we rolled out the performance triad, which is the importance of sleep, activity, and nutrition. And then in addition to that, we rolled out a program called Move to Health, which is when patients come into our clinics, how do we train providers to better understand the needs of our patients from a holistic perspective? At this point in time, what's really important is that we understand that we as military medicine need to meet our patients where they need to be met at to improve their health, where they live, love, and labor. And so instead of focusing on pills, potions, and procedures, we really have to figure out ways to reach them, and technology like apps is a great way to do that. What are some specific ways that you've seen technology being used to, to, uh, I forget, what did you say? Potions, I forget the other two Ps. Pills, potions, and procedures, yes. I love it. Okay, got to write that down. What are some ways you've seen technology used in place of pills, potions, and procedures? Well, the one thing that I'd like to echo is Dr. Eric Topol is a leading expert in the field in this area, and he at this point always likes to say that he prescribes more apps um, than medications. And that's really what we wanted to try to teach the team at Schofield Barracks is that most health conditions are chronic lifestyle changes that are required to get over the condition. And it really is about small changes that make a big difference. We don't need people to make huge changes to have actually a large effect in their health. It's actually the small things we do every day. And a lot of times technology, specifically apps, can can help us get there. So we really need to bring the exam room to where the patients are and apps allow us to do that. And so the example I would like to use is an easy one. So we know the health benefits of mindfulness training. 
And with mindfulness training, there's two apps that just teach people really the initial part of that, which is really the breathing piece. We have the Tactical Breather app and we have Breathe to Relax. And what we have found is that with a soldier, sometimes using the Tactical Breather app kind of gets their foot in the door to understanding the power of their breath and, and how much they can change how they deal with the daily stresses, how aware they are in the moment through just using something as simple as Tactical Breather. Some require a little bit more mood setting, which is what I love about um, Breathe to Relax, because it can either add the music, it adds the visual, and and both Mm -hmm. of them get after it. But apps allow us to not just meet their need and meet them where they need to be met, but it gives them something they have in their hand so that they can practice it and have reminders set on their phone so that if we want them to do breathing exercises a few times a day, not only do they have the app, but we have the phone set alarms to kind of remind them when they want to apply that. And that allows us to reach outside of the brick and mortar of the healthcare facility um, back to where our patients are living. Colonel Tahan, you've been in the military health system for a long time. How have you seen technology change in military health over those years? The most important change that's occurring is the adoption of the technology and specifically the adoption not only of the healthcare providers, but of the patients and the willingness to bring technology in as part of the healthcare solution. And it requires both sides to really be wanting to engage in it. And so it is about mm-hmm. the providers feeling comfortable that the technology can actually assist them in reading, reaching their clinical goals while also having the patients be very comfortable with leveraging technology and sharing that technology with their providers and understanding how that works. And and I actually have a kind of a personal story in this realm. And so there was a period of time where I had a a very unexplained weight loss. And for those who know, unexplained weight loss is usually a trigger for people to be concerned about cancer. And, And so there was no reason for me to have this weight loss. And I had a scale in my bathroom that was giving me a daily weight. And I had that for months and months and I went in and my provider didn't know what to do with all that data and to sent me back was saying well why don't you keep measuring it for three to four more weeks and see how it turns out and I was just like no this is like months of data (laughs) I'm like this is Uh this is showing a a real change and so it really is about both the, the patient wanting to share that data and the provider being willing to receive that data and know what to do with all this additional data points that can come in the other thing that I think has been pretty amazing is some of how they've been able to integrate some of this with our wounded warriors. And so some of the test technology out there allows our wounded warriors to answer a few questions each day about how well they're doing. And then the the social workers that are actually caring for these wounded warriors, when they come in, they have a dashboard so they know who to call first thing in the morning. Back to the idea of adoption, what would you say to teams or clinics who are nervous about integrating technology into care? So I think they have to see some of the benefits. And so when they start Mm -hmm. to see the benefits and understanding what it can do, I think that's where you get the buy-in. The one example I would say, or the two examples I would say, is the mindfulness coach and CPTI coach. And the mindfulness Mm -hmm. coach, it really allows the lesson plan to continue outside of, of the appointment. So you can spend your time in the appointment talking about what you want them to do. You can really show them the tools and the resource. And then when they go home and practice, they can actually review it. Because a lot of times there is a white coat syndrome out there where our, our patients 
patients are a little nervous when they're in with us. They might not fully understand. They might not be willing to ask us to repeat it. But when they go home and the information is already in the app, they have the ability to review it at their own pace and and practice. And so specifically with Mindfulness Coach, what we've seen is that as the providers that teach mindfulness see that their patients are more compliant when they use the app, then the buy-in comes in. And then when you Mm -hmm. get a clinical champion that says, hey, listen, this is really making an impact in how I'm practicing medicine, then it really spreads a lot easier once that success has happened. And CBTI Coach is very similar with helping people who are struggling with sleep, specifically from insomnia. It's really allowing that conversation conversation to occur in the clinical setting and the patient knows when they leave they have all the information right in their phone and they can read it again they can practice it and they have that ability to focus a little bit better on that patient appointment on asking the questions they want and then have that tool to reinforce the treatment when they get home. And just for our listeners who might not be familiar with that app, CBTI coaches, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia. And of course, as always, we'll have links to all these resources in the show notes. You know, it's not just about the clinician and the provider as much as it is also about the community. And so one of the things that we try to do at Schofield Barracks is ensure that we educated the broader community on this. And the, the mm-hmm. one that I would like to highlight is the Sesame Street Big Moving Adventure, which I think is phenomenal for how our families move. So when we yeah. roll that out, we ensured that we shared that information at the community information exchanges. We shared it at the senior leader forums across the installation. And we really decided to pick an app a month and really make that the theme across the whole installation. And so it wasn't just about trying to get the healthcare providers to think about apps, but as the community, why to kind of think of it in a preclinical setting, right? So maybe there's some things you want to kind of get smart on, or you learned about mindfulness, or you, you want to learn about breathing to relax, or if you want to talk to your kids about the upcoming move, we time those across the year based on what would be naturally happening. So In May, we really pushed really hard to push out the big moving adventure for the families that were going to PCS in the summer. And I really think Mm -hmm. that helped. We got a lot of positive feedback of not just making these healthcare apps available from a clinical setting, but also taking them out to the community beyond our brick and mortar where people live, love, and labor. And, And that goes back to our need to really bring the exam room to where our patients are. It sounds like it's more than just the patient and the provider. It's the system as a whole that really needs to look at how can we leverage this technology to be helping. Absolutely. What resources can you recommend for service members before going downrange? I think the best app out there right now for our service members before they deploy is the Virtual Hope Box. And what that allows is it allows all of our service members to collect audio clips, video clips, pictures, their favorite sayings, songs, and put it in one app. And so when they're downrange, even if they don't have connectivity, um, they can still use the app on their phone to listen to their child sing happy birthday. Or they could do it in reverse where they could actually use the Virtual Hope Box and leave messages for their their family members to play. So if you know that your child's birthday is going to be 
going on while you're deployed in the virtual hope box you leave for your children, you could actually sing happy birthday and that could be played if you were going to be without technology on that day. Or you could have those videos up there. So the virtual hope box allows you to really create a technical support network for your families while you're downrange. And although we normally think of the virtual hope box for the person going downrange, we also encourage them to do it in reverse and have the children and the spouse also create their virtual hope box so that when you're feeling down and you know it's your anniversary and you're not with your loved ones on your anniversary, you already have a place to go where you know without thinking twice that all of your favorite things are in that app. And I think that's a phenomenal tool for as much as we have to deploy and go downrange and go on missions and miss a lot of um, what happens in normal life, this app really helps us with that. Oh, what a great idea. Thank you so much, Colonel Tahan, for joining us today. Thank you. Well, listeners, it finally happened. We went over our 10-minute limit, but we hope you found this conversation valuable. If you'd like to hear more about Colonel Tahan's work and the great things that Rare does, please check out the links in the show notes. And of course, you can get in touch with all of us on Twitter and Facebook at Military Health. Thank you for sharing Next Generation Behavioral Health on social media and subscribing and rating wherever you get your podcasts. Next Generation Behavioral Health is produced by the Defense Health Agency.